0: Well, I don't know if you're excited or terrified, but we have a new government. You're aware of that? You've been following the news? If you got away from the heat um, for a moment. Um, we have a new government, Boris Johnson's Prime Minister, and it's a new government for the United Kingdom. And he's very clear, he's very clear what we need to do. We need to leave um, Europe... No, that's right, you leave Europe, leave European Union anyway, by the 31st of October, deal or no deal. Um, a clear vision, and um, the question is, though... Will his ideas, will his plans be welcomed or rejected? Will um, the members, the people he has to negotiate with in Europe welcome his new ideas or will they reject them? Will, if he goes for a no deal, the members of Parliament welcome the idea or reject them? His plans, his ideas, fall or stand on whether people will welcome or reject them. And yet he's very clear what his plans are. And and this week he drew together a new cabinet, um, got rid of some of the people that were against him. Um, And on Thursday morning he got the cabinet together and he gave them a team talk. This is what we're going to do. This is where our aims. This is our purpose. This is where we're going. Well, that's the news. (laughs) What's that got to do with our passage? Well, in this passage, Jesus is drawing together 72 of his followers a new team bigger than a covenant is a big team and he's sending them out to prepare for him to go and visit several villages and towns ahead of him probably 30 or so Uh, and he's sending them out with a clear vision and his vision is not a vision about the united kingdom but a vision about the kingdom of god jesus is coming bringing in god's kingdom and this is far more exciting this is far more wonderful than anything any British government will do, no matter what you think about them. And Jesus is building up a team around him, and in Luke chapter 10, the passage that Tim read to us a moment ago, we are hearing Jesus' team talk to those 72. And it's about the kingdom coming, and about preparing the way for the kingdom to come, for God's kingdom to come. And the question again is, will people welcome it, or will people reject it? But the difference here is that God's kingdom does not depend on how many people welcome it and how many people reject it. God's kingdom will come what may. But the question for each person, for each individual that will hear the message, that will meet the messengers of Jesus, that will meet those 72, is will they welcome God's kingdom? Will they welcome Jesus' messengers... Or will they reject it? As um, Jesus comes and brings these um, 72 together, this is a moment in Luke's gospel where things are really exciting. Um, the beginning of chapter 9, Jesus sent out 12 people, the 12 disciples. He sent them out to do a very similar mission to go out and tell people the good news. Uh, and those 12 disciples in chapter 9 came to realize who Jesus was. They realized he was the Son of God, He was the Christ. And now Jesus is gathering even more people to work with him. The team is growing, the team is building. Now there's 72 going out. There's a time of excitement, there's a time of momentum, there's a time of growth in God's kingdom, in Jesus' work, in Jesus' mission. But it's also a time of foreboding. Because in Luke chapter 9, immediately before this passage, Jesus has told them, that he's going to be rejected by the leaders in Jerusalem. And not just rejected, they can have him killed. He's told them that twice in Luke chapter 9. And then in Luke chapter 9, verse 51, we're told that Jesus resolutely set out for Jerusalem. Jesus was heading... Or his crucifixion. As he went, even in chapter 9, verses 52 to 54, already people are beginning to reject him. A Samaritan village doesn't want to have anything to do with him because he's heading for Jerusalem. There's excitement that more and more people are welcoming Jesus' message, but there's also foreboding at the rejection that is to come. And so in Luke chapter 10, Jesus gives these 72 a team talk. Uh, and threaded throughout this team talk is um, a sense that, yes, there's excitement. There's excitement that when people welcome these uh, messengers of Jesus, these messengers of God into their homes, amazing things will happen. But it's also foreboding because not everyone will welcome. Some will reject. That was true then, and that's true now. It's true throughout history. As we go out into the world, as Christian people, as we go out and seek to share the good news of Jesus, as we go out and seek to to bless people and show God's love to people, as we go out as people that are known to be God's people, as followers of Christ, some people will welcome it and exciting things will happen, and some will reject us. That's true whether you go as a missionary to far flung parts of the world, or whether you simply go into your workplace or social club or wherever you go during the day. Some will welcome God's message and you as his messenger, but some will reject you. And so we need to know how to deal both with the welcome and with the rejection. And that's what Jesus is really talking about in this passage in verses 1 to 16. So let's look first of all at what to do when there is a welcome. There's a story in Acts that really illustrates this really well. And Paul um, is a messenger of Jesus, he's got a team of people with him and they've gone to a new area, to Macedonia, it's northern Greece, Uh, and they come to this town um, for the first time, no one's been there before with the message of Jesus, it's a town called Philippi Uh, and it's a Roman town in the middle of a Greek area and there's hardly any Jews there and so Paul when he arrives normally would go to the Jewish synagogue but there's no Jewish synagogue, there's no one obviously for him to go to and be welcomed by. And so they look around and they find there's a river nearby and at this river there's a few Jewish women praying. And some God-fearers, those that were sort of interested in the Jewish faith with them. And so Jesus goes to the river and he preaches, he tells them the good news about Jesus to those women that are there. And one of them, it says, um, God opened her hearts. Her name was Lydia, she was a, a dealer in purple cloth, a very wealthy tradeswoman. Her heart was opened to hear the message about Jesus. And as a result of that, she insisted that Paul and his companions came and stayed at her house. And so her house became a base, if you like, a, a place where um, Paul and the other workers could, could go out and tell others about Jesus in Philippi. A place where people could begin to meet and learn more and more about Jesus and praise him and worship him together. And so Paul's mission, Paul's um, ability to go and talk about Jesus in Philippi grew and developed. That's an example of the sort of thing Jesus is talking about in Luke chapter 10. Because in a sense, Paul is an example of the workers that Jesus talks about in verse 3. He says the harvest is plentiful. We need workers to go out to bring in the harvest, to call people to become members of God's kingdom, to call people to trust in Jesus Christ. Paul was an example of that worker. And then in verses 5 to 6, Jesus says, uh, when you go into a house, offer your peace, and if someone welcomes you there, stay there, remain there, and their peace, they will become a person of peace. And in the story I just told you, Lydia is that person of peace. She welcomes the message, the gospel of peace, that says that we can turn from being enemies of God to being friends of God. We can be turned from being condemned by God to being completely and utterly forgiven and washed clean. It's a gospel of peace, and those that welcome the gospel and those that welcome the messengers, Jesus says, are people of peace, people like Lydia. And because of them, the message can be rooted in a town. and can go out in a town, and more and more people can come to know and so, actually, in Philippi, Jesus goes on in verses um, 8 to 9 to talk about what happens when a town welcomes someone. He says, Go out, heal people, pray for them, pray for the sound system, <laughs> and tell them the good news of the kingdom is near to you. And so, Paul did that in Philippi. He went out and he told people the good news and he healed people. There's one slave girl. Who was possessed by an evil spirit and he cast the evil spirit out of her um led to some trouble for paul you can read about that in Acts chapter 16 i think um, but god he was bringing blessing to that slave girl he's bringing blessing to the people and he's telling calling people into the kingdom and uh, as a result of all that it's a long story but um, there's a roman officer prison guard who ended up he and his whole family in joy became christians and entered into god's kingdom paul is the worker in the harvest he like the 72 that jesus is talking to goes from place to place and brings that message of peace that message of god's kingdom and he needs people like lydia to welcome him to be the people of peace in that place to provide for him and to enable him to do the mission there so all that got to say to us today in 21st century ramsgate it may be that you're someone that goes elsewhere to tell people about Jesus, maybe you're a full-time paid worker, but for most of us, or most of you, I know that's not the case, is it? You, you are people that go into your places where God has put you, into your families, into um, your workplaces, into your colleges, um, into your social clubs. You go to those places as a messenger of Jesus, as an ambassador of God. Uh, and you go there and hopefully you want to bless people. You want to show people God's love. You want to show that as a Christian you can live differently. As you go there, you may want to offer to pray for people in their needs. As you go there, you may want to um, have an opportunity to tell people what God has done in your life. As you go there, you may want to tell people what Christ can do for them in bringing them to be reconciled with God and find peace with God. And as you go... Look out for people of peace. Look out, not for those that ignore you or reject you, but look out for those that welcome you. Those that see something in you because you're a Christian and want to be friendly with you as a result. Those that might, as a result, help invite you to join their group of friends, to meet with them over coffee, to get to know them stick with such people don't move around from place to place as jesus says stick with those people build up your friendship be willing to receive from them to accept the blessing they'll give to you the friendships they'll give to you the hospitality they might show to you but also seek to bless them with the good news of christ offering to pray and so on that's the sort of thing jesus is talking about here that is the sort of ministry and mission we should be about and as you meet with people of peace and you rejoice and excite about what God's doing in their lives, then God will use that and will grow the work in wherever God has put you. That's the first thing we can learn. The second thing we can learn is this. Actually, in some ways Jesus here is talking to people that have given up their time and their wealth to go out and do a particular mission, a particular role. And there's a sense in which um, myself as a paid Christian worker I've come to Ramsgate. I know it was a long time ago and have been here longer than many of you. But I've come to Ramsgate In order to preach the good news, in order to teach you and share with you here. But I can only do that because of the hospitality of people at St. Luke's. I can only do that because you at St. Luke's give generously in order to maintain the vicarage and the house where I can work from and look after my family. I can only do that because you at St. Luke's give generously in order that. I can be paid enough money to to provide for my family and to free me up to do this work. In a way, when you give to the church, it's not just throwing money into a pot, you're acting as people of peace. You're providing hospitality for God's workers. And I hope you're excited by that. Of course, it's not just about money, it's about friendly welcome and support as well. I appreciate the prayers and the friendship and the kindness that so many of you show me. But actually, we need to see ourselves, as we support Christian ministry in our places, as people of peace, like Lydia, helping to support and grow the work. But thirdly, shouldn't our vision be for that work to grow? Jesus says in verse three, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. There's an excitement, there's an opportunity that more and more people can come to be welcomed into God's kingdom, but they need people to go and tell them. At St. Luke's, we have lots of things going on here. We, we have a youth group where we have at least 20, we're well, usually around about 20 each week, many of whom don't go to church, many of whom are from families that don't go to church. It's a great opportunity. Wouldn't it be fantastic if um, we could pay, not just for a vicar, but actually for other workers to come to build up that work amongst young people? Wouldn't it be fantastic if people from this church were people that would would be so excited and called by God to go into paid Christian work? It's happened in the past. I think of Greg Venables, those of you who've been here a long time and know him, he's gone out and been, actually now an archbishop in South America. Are we praying that it might happen again in the future? Jesus says, pray that God will send out more workers into the harvest fields. Will we be a church that sends people they might be welcome and go and spread the good news i hope you're excited about what jesus is talking about here he's talking about what happened in his day but it's the same mis- message it's the same mission that's happening now both through us as individuals in our places god has put us but more widely in the church as paid workers go out but jesus is not blindly optimistic jesus knows that as well as a welcome there'll be times And as God's messengers, we will be rejected. And he talks about that throughout this passage as well, and more so as we go on to the next bit. If you're looking for a story of rejection of God's messengers in the Bible, there's none more powerful or more horrific than the story of Sodom. It's back in Genesis. Um, God has heard of how wicked and awful this place is. This town which near, was, was near where the Dead Sea is. And so he sends two angels. They probably appeared as men. And they went to Sodom to see what the, the town was like. And when they went there, they were, were welcomed by one family, by Abraham's nephew, Lot. And they went into his house. And that night, however, all the men of the town came out and bashed on Lot's door. And said, give us the men of have arrived. We want to rape them. Horrific, isn't it? This is the total opposite of any welcome. This is absolute and utter abuse. And the story goes that the angels blinded the men so they couldn't see what was going on and they persuaded Lot and his family to to go with them and leave the town. And the next day, God sent fire on the town and completely destroyed Sodom and the neighboring Gomorrah because of their wickedness. Sometimes we will face rejection. Just like those angels of God face rejection in Sodom. Jesus, he sends out to 72. I I don't think he's expecting them to be raped. But he does say in verse 3, Go, I am sending you out like lambs among wolves. In other words, as you go out, people will look at you. Some will welcome you, but some might just see you as dinner some might just see you as an opportunity to exploit you maybe by ridiculing you and making fun of you for their own pleasure and their own delights and sometimes as a christian in a family or in a you know in a home or in a workplace you may have experienced that you stood out as a christian you've been clearly clear about your faith but people have treated you horrendously because of it they've rejected you and the message You might feel like a lamb among wolves at times. But Jesus says when that happens, when you offer the peace of God and it's rejected, don't worry because the peace will come back to you. He says that in verses 5 and 6. You won't lose the peace of God. You won't lose your place, your relationship with God. You won't lose your place in the kingdom of God. People may reject you, but your peace will remain. People may reject God's kingdom, but God's kingdom will still come. And actually, the people that reject God's kingdom, they are the ones that are losing out. Jesus says to the 72, a town rejects you, go out into the streets of the town and wipe the dust off from your feet as a sign of saying, we've been here, but now because you don't want anything to do with us, the kingdom of God will have nothing to do with you. Be clear, the kingdom of God has come near, but you've missed it. you're missing out on what God has to offer. You're missing out on the peace and the blessings that God has to offer. When people reject us as Christians and when people reject God's message, God isn't destroyed. We as Christians shouldn't be disillusioned. But those people miss out. And Jesus goes on in verse 12 to say something even more horrifying. He says this, I tell you, those places that reject you will be more, it will be more bearable on that day, he means the day of judgment, for Sodom than for that town. <coughs> Do you hear how powerful a statement that is? That town that received God's instant judgment because they were so wicked that they would rape anyone that would come to visit Jesus says, in a way, it'll be more bearable for them on the day of judgment than for any people that rejects God's kingdom today. Why? Because they've had so much more. They've heard so much more about what God is about. They've heard about Jesus. They've heard about His healings. They've heard about His miracles. They've heard about all that God has done throughout the Old Testament. And when God comes with the ultimate offer, is God's kingdom having heard about all those things, they still reject it? Then they deserve to be judged much more strongly than the people of Sodom, who, wicked as they were, had no chance to hear, no chance to respond, no chance to repent. And Jesus goes on to talk about the towns that he had visited, the towns he'd done miracles in, and he compares them with some of the towns of the Old Testament that were condemned by the Old Testament prophets, And says, actually, it'll be worse for them. Worse for the towns that he's visited because they've seen his miracles and still they have not welcomed God's kingdom. What do we to learn from this? First of all, as Christians, as we go out and when people reject you, don't be disillusioned. Don't be put off. It's nothing new. They crucify God's son. I think the problem with Christians today is so often we go out with enthusiasm, we want to share the good news, and as soon as we hit some person that's disinterested or uninterested or takes the mick out of us, we give up. Jesus says don't give up. The kingdom of God is still true. It doesn't depend on them. They're rejecting it. It's their loss. Keep going. Keep persevering. Look for the way people will welcome you and be excited about them. You may have to let go of those they reject the message. So what do we learn from all of this? What conclusion can we come to? Well, in a way, verse 16 is the conclusion of the whole passage. Jesus, in verse 16, says, He who listens to you listens to me. He rejects you rejects me, but he who rejects me rejects him who sent me. If you go out with the message of Christ, you are going out with the message of God's. And when people hear that, they're hearing God's words to them, and they're hearing God's life to them. You are an ambassador for God, just like you might have the, the German or the Chinese ambassador in London. You're speaking on behalf of God himself. That's an amazing thing, that's an exciting thing. And when people welcome you, we should be excited and, in, and rejoice that we're about God's work. But when people reject you, they're not rejecting you. They're rejecting Jesus and they're rejecting God. It may be that you're here this morning and you haven't yet decided to welcome God into your hearts. Maybe you're sitting on the fence. Will I welcome him? Will I reject him? Jesus has strong warnings about what happens if you reject him, what you miss out on. Make the decision, jump into God's kingdom. Don't sit on the fence. You don't want to be worse off than Sodom. But if you know God and you know Christ, if you know that peace that comes through him, then let's pray more and more that together we will go out and be ambassadors for God, like the 72. That together we will be people of peace welcoming others to come and tell us more and more of the good news and helping them to share it more widely. Let's pray.